Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Well, welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick. We are got some exciting guests today, and uh, we are so excited for everybody that's going to be listening in uh, today on Facebook Live and also uh, throughout the next couple of days when you tune into iTunes and Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, iHeartRadio, and all the other channels that we're on. So we really appreciate folks tuning in and listening to the Must Read Alaska show um, Suzanne and I have found out a great joy over the last year and a half. Um, when we started the show, we didn't know what to expect, and it's grown to be a bit of a beast in a good way. And, and uh, yesterday, we were number 10 on iTunes in the country of Spain, which is super random. So apparently, we're very popular in Spain. And so thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I want to thank our sponsor host, our show sponsor host, which I can't believe we have a show sponsor host. Um, or a show sponsor uh, for the show, and that's Charlie Pierce for governor. We want to thank Charlie Pierce for governor. He has sponsored the show, the Must Read Alaska show, and um, he helps get conservative news through all the nooks and crannies of Alaska. So we are pretty excited about that. And before I talk much more, which I could probably talk about Alaska politics all day long, and usually we have kind of political guests on this show, which is what we're known for. Today, I have a very special treat for our guests. I have uh, Jennifer, who is the executive director of the Freedom House uh, in Soldotna, Alaska. Jennifer, welcome to the Must Read Alaska show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just so excited to be speaking across the state at what's going on here in Soldotna. That's awesome. Not only speaking across the state, but apparently in Spain as well. So. <laughs> I love it. Um, you are the executive director of, of Freedom House in Soldotna. So, uh, Jennifer, you're on the uh, Mustard Alaska show. And uh, the segment that I do is called Five Questions. I get to ask you five questions and just kind of give you an opportunity to talk about what you do. But before we go into that, tell our listeners just a little bit about who you are and uh, what you do without giving away too many of the questions that I'm going to ask here down the road. Assume that our listeners are just kind of hearing from me for the first time. So give them a little sneak peek of who you are. Yeah, so I was born here um, locally in Soldotna, Alaska, raised, went to high school here, um, grew up in Sterling and ended up finding myself lost in addiction about my junior year of high school. And um, that addiction here locally just lasted for almost 10 years. Um, and so you're going to hear about my darkness as well as what what I'm doing now in the same community that I um was lost in and now I get to be that light in but I love I have an amazing husband of 16 years I have four beautiful children I love Alaska I love camping fishing hunting I do it all we love the mountains we love um the fires and it's just an amazing state to be found in and uh get to advance the recovery community here in Alaska so um that's a little bit about me and um, kind of the idea of Freedom House, where it came from, like I said, just being lost for so many years. Um, I had been to three inpatient rehab centers, 
at by the time I was 26 years old, um, I had overdosed five different times, landing myself in hospital beds. Um, I had tried to take my own life that very last time because I didn't think there was any hope of getting out of my drug and alcohol addiction. Um, it had completely consumed me. My husband and I were getting a divorce. He was taking the kids and moving back to the state of Ohio, where he's from. And I was just a hopeless wreck. And he dropped me off at that third inpatient treatment center here locally in Soldatna. And I just remember fully surrendering and just being like, I cannot do this on my own anymore. I'm not strong enough. I don't have enough willpower. I can't, but God can. And so that's where June 26, 2009 is my sobriety date. Um, I'm going to be celebrating 13 years. Wow, here in just congrats. Thank you. Of complete sobriety from every substance you can think of under the sun. I mean, my addiction went started with Oxycontin pills and then turned into heroin and everything else you could think of and um, just been living a life of freedom and wanting to share with, um, it, it just would break my heart. I got involved in prison ministry here locally um, for seven years, was doing prison ministry and just seeing these women that I went to high school with and um, used to party with and and they're still just stuck in the chains of addiction. And so I just knew that we needed to open a home, a women's home is where my heart started um, for these women, these moms, these princesses that were wanting to get sober, but had no safe place to do it and had nowhere to go. And so that's where the vision of Freedom House came to be. Um, it was 2017. I Googled how to form a nonprofit had no nice. idea what I was doing, but I did know that I was supposed to open a home for these women that wanted help. And so um, with Google and God, we just seen miracle after miracle <laughs> happen. And we got this, I'm actually sitting in my office in what's now called the Women's Freedom House. It's a 5,000 square foot home here in Soldatna. Um, we have eight beds. We have two apartments here for moms with kids that can live here in recovery. And what we do is a very rigorous um, accountability program with them. So they can live with us up to 12 months. Um, they've got to, we've got an application online. Anyone can apply. Um, the key hurdle is you have to be sober. We're a long-term recovery resident. So you gotta be sober, be able to pass a drug test, breathalyzer to move in. Um, and we'll help you get there. If, if for some reason you're listening and you want this life that I'm talking about, you just give us a call because we have resources across the state, but also nationwide as well, that we can help get you detox, get you sober, get you plugged into treatment or housing. Um, that's part of um, the staff job. When this, when this home first started, it was just me on staff because it was just the vision. We had no money. We had no idea. Really. <laughs> and God has just continued to grow it to where today, five years later, um, we have nine paid staff and we have 22 um, committed volunteers every month that makes these homes run. That's pretty amazing. If folks are just now listening in, you're thinking, holy crap, what did I get myself into? I just heard the word cocaine and Oxycontin and jail ministry. <laughs> And you're used to hearing about politics. Well, I want to just let folks know that are listening that I got uh, Jennifer Waller here, who's the executive director of Freedom House, which is a addiction recovery ministry to 
kind of put into into perspective. And and she not only founded this ministry, but uh, she's also the executive director. And she's a bit of a force to be reckoned with here on the Kenai Peninsula. If she puts her mind to it, you better watch out because it's going to happen. And so uh, we thank you for being on the show and and talking about the Freedom House. My next question to you is this, Jennifer. You know, folks probably have you know, maybe heard your story for the first time for the last five minutes and they're thinking to themselves, oh my gosh, this sounds amazing, but this also sounds like it costs a lot of money. Anybody that has had friends or family that have struggled with addiction and been in and out of rehab, they know that these services have real cost to them. Houses cost money, bedrooms cost money, food costs money, any sort of medical treatment costs money. How did you raise the money to do this and did you get any huge government grants? Because I think that's what a lot of people assume is just that, you know, Joe Biden's here just cutting you big checks. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're fun. <laughs> um, like I said, miracle after miracle. So just the women's home, we bought it for 250000 but it needed a half a million dollars in renovations before the city would allow us to open. So that's a three quarter of a million dollar chunk we needed just to open this home. And when the day I signed the dotted line for the property, we had $800 in our bank account. And so <laughs> just on jumping on the flip of faith, and we absolutely have not to this day got a single government grant. Um, we haven't got any help from the state, from the borough. This has all been done. $469,000 of renovations to this 5,000 square foot home was done in four months, completely given by um, churches in the community, just public donations, people just walking in and handing me a $10,000 check as we have um, 25 volunteers here working on the home. And so we got to watch the half a million dollars in renovations come to pass in just that four months. And the city inspector handed us our permit of occupancy. It was actually May 1st. We're coming right up in just a few days will be our fifth year anniversary of being open here at the women's house done completely off of donations. That's awesome. For, so folks that are listening, they're probably thinking, oh my gosh, I need to figure out how Jennifer does this. Because I think a lot of times in community communities across Alaska, it's tough to raise money and it goes to show that if you have somebody that's passionate about what they're doing and can communicate it well, there's people in the community that are willing to help, whether it's literally paint the house or, you know, donate some food or cut a check for even 10 bucks. All people are willing to do it if there's vision behind what you're doing. So kudos to what you're doing because um, almost, I can't, you know, almost everybody in on the Kenai Peninsula has heard of the Freedom House. And that goes to show of the, uh, passion and the influence that not only you have, but your your staff and your volunteers have. So awesome work. Um, yeah. My next question is this, what I'm sure you've had ups and downs in the five years, you're dealing with real people, real problems. Um, and so what are a couple, maybe one or two accomplishments at Freedom House that you're most proud of and why? Yes, um, for sure. That very first 12 months that the Women's Freedom House was open, I'll never forget this. We seen 42 children reunited with their moms in wow. one year. And that's out of state custody care, you know, the OCS system. Some of them family members had and were raising in just 12 months, 42 kiddos. That is a huge restoration number. Now, 
times that by five years, I think one of the most rewarding parts of this job, if you want to call it passion ministry, is watching families and marriages and children be reunited with loved ones that were so desperately broken and lost in their addiction. Um, just like my story, you know, we were getting a divorce. He was taking the kids because I was absolutely unsafe and unfit to be a mother. And then allowing healing and restoration over the first couple years of recovery. And now I, you know, I raise my kids full time and I'm still married to my husband. Like I got to watch it in my life and then I get to watch it play out here. So that's one of just the most amazing, rewarding parts of this. Um, and another, another thing I'm super proud of is about two and a half years into starting the women's house. Um, I was out at Wildwood speaking at a men's conference there and the guys would raise their hand and say, well, what about us? You know, what about the men? We're getting ready to get released. We need somewhere safe to go. We want to be discipled. And so I went to my board of directors and said, hey, what about opening a men's house? And so we started looking for a home. We located one across town that's actually right behind the police department. I love the location. Um, but we located this home. And again, it was 250000 for the home and it needed 300000 in renovations for us to open. So another half million dollar project. And we're operating at that time at $10,000 a month budget. And again, we don't take insurance. We don't take um we don't get money from <laughs> anywhere other than donations. And so it was another just jumping off the cliff of faith of signing this half million dollar dotted line as we're operating over here full time. And then in, in just 12 weeks, um, God just brought all the provisions in. We completed the 300,000 renovations and opened in March of 2019 um, our men's freedom house that has 11 beds. Um, what we realized pretty quickly is the need for men in our community um, is much greater. And so we have eight beds over here, 11, up to 11 beds over there. Um, and we're full at both houses right now, uh, running full steam. We have throughout the whole pandemic, just, um, you know, addiction doesn't slow down. It doesn't discriminate. It doesn't. And actually over the pandemic, as all the statistics are coming out, unfortunately, Addiction has almost doubled. People that weren't alcoholics before the pandemic um, are now and trying seeking help. And so we'll just continue to, to grind it here. And, and our, even though we're located in Soldatna, anyone can apply. We've flown people in from Colorado, Washington. Um, we have someone applying, I believe, from Indiana right now. It don't matter where you're at. Our beds are open for anyone seeking recovery or help out of addiction. That's awesome. For folks that are just listening, I got Jennifer Waller here. She's the executive director of Freedom House in Soldatna, which is an uh, addiction recovery center that she uh, not only founded, but is the executive director of. She built it, bootstrapped it, had, I think you said 80 bucks in your bank account when you first, eight or 80, I can't remember what you said, but 800, yeah. 800 when you first signed the lease for a $300,000 house. So that's, or not lease, but purchase for a $300,000 yeah. house. So talk about some faith. Tell me a little bit. Have, tell me a little bit about how faith plays a role in what you do, because I think, um, you know, there are there are addiction recovery places all over Alaska, as you know, and and a lot of the times if they're attached to a hospital, they have to kind of steer away from the faith aspect of it. Um, does it play an important role in what you do? And uh, talk to me a little bit about that. 
Absolutely. Um, these homes are built on faith, as you just heard. Um, underneath the sheetrock in both of these homes, we have scriptures written on all the two by fours, because when we had to remodel, we had to tear down the walls and rebuild hallways and staircases. And so we have um, faith in the foundation of these homes, but also it's they're ran by faith. You know, some days we don't know. Right now we operate on a $22,000. Every 30 days, I write checks for $22,000 a month to pay the bills to keep these homes going. And a lot of them are written on faith and God comes through every single time. And so in my own addiction recovery story, as you guys heard, I was lost in addiction for nine and a half years. Um, try to take my life. I was hopeless overdosed five times, um, wearing heart monitors because my heart was um, about to explode with all of the drugs I was putting in my body. And um, it wasn't until June 26, actually, I took a whole bunch of pills that day and didn't wake up for three days, try to take my life. And on June 28, 2009, I hit my knees in that rehab center right up the road and just said, I surrender all. I just... I give you my life, Lord, use me as you will. And here I am 12 years later, just living, I call it the dream, but it takes a lot of faith and a lot of encouragement from the community around me to keep fighting the good fight. Because like you said, um, addiction is real. It's come to kill, still and destroy. We have buried, unfortunately, um, we've only been open coming up on five years next week. And we've we've been to three different funerals of past residents that have lived with us and ended up going back out and using and and it's not a game especially with this fentanyl that's hitting our streets here in Alaska we had six overdose deaths in one week up in the valley from this um, horrific batch of heroin that's hitting the streets and so we take our job very seriously and try to make sure we give our residents the best setup for success for long-term recovery as possible that's awesome. So what what are what's maybe a good piece of advice you'd give somebody who maybe it's a mom and dad or dad, maybe it's an uncle or an aunt who has somebody in their family that's addicted. I, f I feel like oftentimes you don't know what to do because you feel like, am I enabling? Am I not? What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed yeah. to leave them alone? Am I not supposed to leave them alone? What's what's something that, uh, you know, you tell people on a regular basis in terms of some advice you'd give? Yes. Well, number one, if there's still breath, there's still hope. So don't give up, even if they're laying in a hospital bed from a detox, like if they are still breathing, there is still hope. So don't give up hope on them. Number two, do not quit praying. I mean, I had people praying for me for nine and a half years on year two, three and four. I probably would have given up and they didn't and they persevered. And so keep praying. If there's still breath, there's still hope. And if someone out there is currently um, in addiction, what I would say to you is the very first step is to surrender. You got to admit, man, I cannot do this anymore. I need help. And reach out. You can call our office. Our number is 907-260-3733, which spells out free, 260-FREE for freedom. You call us and we will pray with you on the phone or we will hook you up with resources. We have local detox centers and um, we have treatment centers. We've got applications we can give you and send you because there is so much help, but the hardest step for you is to actually reach out for that help. Yeah. 
What what are some future plans for Freedom House? It sounds like you've experienced some significant growth. You've um, it sounds like you're at capacity now and probably have a wait list. I assume. Um, what are the future plans for what you have in store in the next couple of years? Yeah, so we definitely the board's vision. I operate under a board of directors of ten right now. We have a pretty solid board, but our vision is an employment piece. Um, the majority of our residents are coming from prison. A lot of them have felonies in their backgrounds. And so um, getting a job is not the easiest thing. And so we're looking at something like opening a coffee shop, possibly somewhere that Freedom House owns, but we can employ our residents to give them a good six month chunk on their resume. So they actually have a resume instead of 14 years of darkness. And so um, that's really one of my passions for the next year. Hopefully we'll have something open. I also would like to see a freedom garage built over on the men's house property because um, man, we're just coming out of a dark winter here in Alaska, as a lot of you know, and these guys are so talented. If we had a shop space for them to work on, do woodworking, work on their vehicles, oil changes, it would just really help past the the long dark winter months because the majority of them do not have vehicles or driver's license and so they're around the house a lot and so building a a shop over there would be amazing that's awesome that sounds like a couple great ideas to uh, keep people active and not just sitting in a room thinking about (laughs) what they're going to do for the day so um, right what uh, you know if somebody wants to learn about how to donate what you know maybe somebody's listening in today and for folks that have just tuned in, I got Jennifer Waller here, who's the executive director of Freedom House in Soldotton, Alaska, which is an addiction, a faith-based addiction recovery center that she literally built with her two hands along probably hundreds of volunteers. Um, How does somebody learn about what, what you're doing? How, you know, you might have somebody listening today that's thinking, I want to write a $10,000 check. How do I get it to her? What, what are the avenues in which somebody can find you? Yes, absolutely. So um, our website is freedomhouse907.com. That's going to be the key. We've got a donate button right on the front page through PayPal, but it also has our mailing address. If you want to mail in a check, our phone numbers to the office, our women's house and men's house offices. Um, And we've got Facebook page that I'm super active on freedom house, Facebook. You can follow the ministry and our outreaches and our fundraisers. We do multiple fundraisers throughout the year as well. And so those are the two, two best ways to stay in contact. Awesome. Well, is there anything else you want to share Jennifer before you, before we wrap this up, I just want to give you an opportunity to say anything that maybe we missed or forgot to talk about. Um, just super excited to continue to, show the community that there is hope as much darkness as there is out there. We are seeing these brave men and women recover every single day. They're getting an outpatient treatment. They're getting jobs. They're getting their kids back. They're transitioning out into our communities and their own apartments. Like we get to see the good stuff as well. So don't give up hope and keep praying for those loved ones lost in addiction. That's awesome. So thanks everybody for joining today. And thank you, Jennifer, for joining with us. Folks that are listening to this, let this inspire you to, to possibly do some good. You know, uh, Jennifer, when she first started this, was addicted. She didn't have real estate degrees or business degrees. Maybe you did, but um, nope. <laughs> and didn't have uh, had never built a um, a addiction recovery center, let alone two. And 
she put her mind to it and accomplished it. So for folks out there wanting to see change in their community, wanting to see change in their cities, their boroughs, and maybe you're there and you're nine times out of 10 complaining about stuff. Jennifer got up out of her seat and made a difference. And so I want to encourage folks that are waiting around for folks to make a difference in their community. Don't wait around any longer. You go do it yourself. And so thank you so much, Jennifer, for, for being that light in Soldatna and on, on the Kenai Peninsula and you know, literally around the U.S., it sounds, as people come into your addiction recovery center from Colorado and whatnot. So um, we uh, hope that folks uh, that are hearing about you for the first time uh, check you out and uh, go to your website and your Facebook. So thanks, everybody, for joining Must Read Alaska. We have our show on Friday. James Bazin will be on Friday morning talking about Alaska politics. Suzanne and I will be back on Monday morning, uh, probably with a new show guest. And I have a very special guest tomorrow and actually Thursday as well. We have a big lineup. Tomorrow I have rock star budgeteer Donna Arduin, who is um, uh, probably the most famous accountant in the political world for conservatives. And then I have the executive director for the Libertarian Party on Thursday, the entire Libertarian Party, which is very exciting. So I uh, can't wait to do that. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you guys on tomorrow and Tuesday and or Thursday and Friday. And uh, hope you guys have a great day and we'll see you soon.